Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Corinthians 13 verse 11 when you have it say amen Amen. verse 11 says this when I was a child I spoke as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things when I became a man I put away childish things. Let's pray. I think we need to after that verse. Amen. God, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for being just so incredibly awesome to us. God, being so good to us. Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for Jesus, Lord, that he stepped out of heaven, came to this earth, Lord, and just took our place on a cross and died for our sin and our shame. And uh, Lord, you did that, Lord, that we might be saved. So, Lord, I just give you praise right now, Lord God, for that. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that anyone in this room, Lord, anyone worshiping with us on live stream, joining in, who doesn't know you, that this is a day. This is the day of salvation for them, Lord. Lord, may their life be forever changed because of, Lord, encountering you in your presence and your spirit and your glory, God. And may we all leave different, Lord. Every person in this room, God, male, female, Lord, woman, child, young, old, whatever, Lord, today, God, let each of us leave changed. And God, let us be a part of the change that this nation needs, God. Let us be a part of the change that our world needs, God. And Lord, let us walk today in the love, Lord, and in the love that you showed us and gave to us today. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Wow. Ain't God good to us? He's so good. Amen. Well, we're in a series. We're in week four. Somebody say week four. Yeah, week four. It goes quick. We're in week four of We Are Family. Amen. And tell your neighbor, man, we're family. Like it or not. All right. Like it or not. Not, man. We're family, and I love it, man. I, I love the church. It is a family, and it should be a, a family. And I, I know there are a lot of places that maybe you can walk into that it doesn't feel like family. It doesn't feel like home. I, I want this place, and God wants this place, and I believe that it is, that a place where we can come together as a family and as a, as a church home and just get to know each other better. Amen? I love it. And in week four today, uh, I'm excited about what God's placed in my heart. But just in quick review of week three, last week we looked at the life of a guy named Joshua. And Joshua made a statement. At the end of his life, he preached in his final sermon, what I believe, probably one of the most powerful messages ever preached. And he made a statement, and he said it this way, and it's a statement that we must make today. It's a a decision that we must choose. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
That's, his, that's why he made the decision. And he said it this way. You have to make the decision for yourself. You have to make the choice. And, the, and regardless of what you do, I'm making this choice. Amen? And that's what you have to come to. With the world that we're in and all the things that are happening, we have to make the decision. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I love it. He showed us what that looked like. He gave a three-point message so incredible. And he said, number one, he said that we are to fear the Lord. And there should be a fear of God and a reverence for him and 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 an understanding that this God is seated in a place of authority on a throne and he is high above everything and he is so good. And he said, that Lord that we should fear, he said, we should also serve. We should also serve. We should be serving him. And I believe the greatest way is to serve him is by serving the church, his church, his body, and the people of that. And number three thing is he said that we have to do this. We have to put away other gods. Amen. How many knows you can't serve two gods? Don't worry. Especially you can, but he's not going to be one of them. All right, hey, you can you can serve as many as you want. There are people who serve multiple gods, but he won't be one of those. Amen. And so again, he deserves everything. And today, I, I'm just I'm just pumped because I'm seeing people walk out in this church. I'm seeing people make the Joshua choice. We've watched it happen. I've watched lives change. People whose hearts have been literally transformed by the gospel of Jesus and they've made a choice to follow the Lord and now the generations below them, we've been around long enough where we see and now those generations affected. And I love it. It's so incredible. And today I love where we're at. Again, Pastor Andrew was speaking this earlier. It's so good that today is Pentecost Sunday. Oh, man, I love it. And I was going to preach, and I actually wanted to preach a message on Pentecost today. And I was like, man, because it's just Pentecost Sunday. Amen. But he didn't let me do that. And so I'm not going to preach a message on Pentecost Sunday. And um, as much as I love because I think Pentecost messages they preach well, just be honest. They're, they're good stuff. And it is one of the greatest stories in Scripture, the birth of the church. But I don't believe today we just need another Pentecost message. I believe we need the Spirit behind Pentecost. Amen. And we need the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, every day of our life. And so, so again, I don't think, again, I can just set aside, have one message. I, I hope every message is just Pentecost, the Spirit, the Spirit led in this house. Amen. But today I want to do something uniquely different is because, as I said, that we are family. And I made this statement early on that we're going to go into some areas and we're going to speak specifically into some places that can make us uncomfortable, that can may challenge us in certain areas. We're going to be speaking into specific places today and and of, of, of areas that may challenge us. And I'm okay, but how many is up for the challenge? Amen. I'm up for the challenge. Well, today I want to do this. I want to speak to everyone in the room. but especially to the men. Can we do that? All right. Now, I want to speak especially to the men. Now, do, do this. I'm talking about young or old, male. If you're a man, you're going to be. Uh, today, I want to speak, to, speak into your life today, a word I believe from, from God. Uh, but don't tune out, ladies. All right? Because you should maybe take and even be taking better notes. Because like, if you're single, when, what I'm speaking today, that's the guys you should be looking for. 
Come on, somebody. Amen. This is the ones that you should be looking for. If you're married, this is the one that you're praying your husband steps into. And he becomes because this is in him. This is a part of who God's called him to be. And so I want you to speak that. If you have sons even, and if you have children, that this is who you're praying your young men become and step into. So again, I'm speaking to everyone, and I'm speaking to every person. And men, don't do this today. Don't think the message is coming at you, and it's going to be something like this. Scott Cone in any way push you down. I'm not up here to judge you, man. Matter of fact, we learned Wednesday night, man, in our message, man. We can't judge. Amen. He's a judge. And that, but but I, I want to do this. I want to speak into your life today, fellas, and, and let you see something again that the enemy will tell you so often you failed in that. You're not that. You can't be that. And that is a lie from the enemy. And I want to speak into who, who you really are and what you can become today and what you can be in God. Amen. And so I made this statement last week that just because you didn't have a Joshua who made that choice before you and your family doesn't mean you can't be one. Amen. You can't be that. And so today I want to speak into this and don't let any past mistake that you've made beat you up today. Oh, man, don't let any past mistake, any failure in any of the areas that I'm speaking into, don't let any of those things stop you. You can't change anything that happened prior to this moment right now. There's nothing you can do to fix it. There's nothing you can do to change what you did prior to the day that you walked in this, this room and, and, and tuned in today. There's nothing you can do to change it, but you can make decisions today that will give you a better tomorrow. Amen. You can make choices in this room right now that will cause you to have a different destiny and change things in the future generations that even become after you. So I love this. So we're going to go into this today. And I want to say the title of the message is just two words. And um, I, I, we made these shirts one time that said this and I almost wore it. And it's just two words. It's, it's simply this, man up. And I almost wore it, but it was, it stunk. I've been wearing it to the gym. It, was, it had stains on it. It was ugly. I was like, I can't do that, man. That's just bad. And so, but it's so important. But, but man up. If you see a guy in the room, look at them and say, just man up. All right. Oh, y'all was quiet. You scared, ain't you? And y'all be scared. Man up. All right. So this is what I want us to see today. All right. I want us to understand this, that I, 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 I don't even believe sometimes we understand what man up even means. That when we even hear those words, we, we, we think about those two words and sometimes we, man, what does that even, what does that even mean? And so as I was praying for this message, I knew I'd be speaking to men, and I said, God, what can I say to a man? What is it that you placed in my heart? And God gave me three words, like, so fast. It was so quick, and it was wild, man. I pulled my phone out, put these in, my, in a note. It's, again, as he speaks to me, I drop it in there, go back, pray over it, study behind it, and all those types of things. And he gave me these three words so fast, I was like, that I knew it was him. I knew it was so clear. And the three words today, I'm going to give you the three in advance, and then talk about it. And those three words are this. Number one is manhood. Number two is mandate, and number three is mantle. Whew. Any man in the room today? Number one. Yeah, me too. I got challenged this week myself. Number one, manhood. Wow. Think about this word, manhood. 
Definition. I want to give you each definition for each of these words as we go through them. Number one, manhood. Definition. The state or period of being a man rather than a child. The state or being of the state or period of being a man rather than a child. Now again, this is this is no not a knock on any, anybody in the room. Please, again, just I hope you don't receive it in that way. But I just I'm just I, I, what's happening in our world, what's going on, what's what's again what we've seen, just again just because of the enemy is at work. I believe, unfortunately, we have too many oversized children still in the world today. Amen. And uh, again, this is not, again, a challenge again against you, but it says speak to all of us. I've been challenged this week myself, but there are too many oversized children. Listen, please understand, age doesn't make you a man. It does not. Age doesn't make you a man. I mean, gray hair, it doesn't even make you a man. A beard doesn't make you a man. And beards are awesome. Amen. Beards are from the Lord. But they don't make you a man. Being able to have sex doesn't make you a man. And being able to perform in that area, being able to have a child doesn't make you a, a, a father. Amen. There are a lot of men who have produced children because they had male sex organs, but never stepped into the role of being a father, being a man that God has called them to be. Amen. So please, this is just, it's just where we're at. Now again, you can, you can make babies, but that doesn't make you a man. Manhood, there's a state, there's a period where you make a decision where you step from being a child being, to being a man. This is what, again, we just read in scripture. Now, again, there's so, this is so big. We could do it, we can make series off of each of these points, spend a lot of time there. But again, there's so much happening. And we know that as men, we're called to be providers of our homes. That's what he's called us into. The scripture says this, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 makes a powerful statement that I didn't even realize was as big as what it really was. Verse 8 says this, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What? I can't, but please understand, how this is more than just paying the bills. All right, this is bigger than that. This word provide, and as, as I dug in, I was like, man, this is wrecking me this week because this is what provide means. It means to take thought for and to care for. So again, it's not just that you work hard and pay the bill as you should, as we do. It's what should happen in our life. But this is what he's speaking. As we provide for them, they become on the forefront of our mind. Our thought life exists and revolves around, there's an area where we think about our family. We put them first. We care for them. We make decisions and choices so we don't just pay the bills. We don't just pay, we pray. If you're paying the bills and not praying for your family, we're not providing fully. And again, if we're not, again, setting an example of worship to the Father and giving him the glory he deserves, you're not providing because you're not thinking about them. They're not in the thought life. The decisions and choices that we make. When worship is taking place, if you're zoned out, tuned out, you know what you're doing? Your thought is somewhere else. And so again, I think about as a, as, a, as a person, as a man, I think about, man, giving glory and honor to and praise to God that he deserves it, but also the fact that, man, I'm setting an example. I'm providing 
for my family. I'm providing for them. And this is what wrecked me this week because, man, this, this is one of the biggest points, again, from the verse that I shared. 1 Corinthians 13, it is, it is known and, and called what chapter? Thank you. The love chapter. I'm like, man, if, if you study that out, and if you look at this, it, it kind of messes with me that this verse is kind of placed right in the middle of 1 Corinthians 13. I'm like, here it is. You're talking about what love is, what it means, what it, what it looks like, what love does. At the end of it, he says, the greatest of these is love. You got faith, hope, but love is the greatest of this. And he speaks something, and I believe he's speaking to a church body as a whole who gets a fullness of the love of God and who steps to a place from being a, a child, infant, into a place of adulthood. But he's also, and he worded this way in Scripture, and I, I went in and dug it out and made sure it didn't get translated, even messed up. He is speaking, I believe, to men who need to learn to walk in an area of love and do that well. And so this whole passage that he is speaking of in manhood is a big part of how well we love. How well we love others. How well we love one another. How well we love our, our parents, our kids, our spouses. How well we love. Listen to the verse again. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. This entire verse is just wrapped around love. And there's a point and a place where, again, some things that are cute when you're young are no longer cute when you get older. Well, we have a grandchild now, and she's like incredible. Hey, man, I love her, dude. And she's awesome. And she's like one of the greatest gifts, man, I've been given, man. And it is so cool. And, 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 she, and she'll look at something, and she'll point at something, and she'll be like, da da It's awesome. Amen. And it's okay right now. How many knows when she gets old, if she's just still going, Come on. And there are things that we do while we're young. There are things that are okay with certain levels, but there are moments and places where we step from that. And he's saying it in this passage, the love chapter, right in the midst of it, he drops the verse in there that you, you should gravitate from a place to where now you are no longer a child, but you step into manhood. And it's wildness, how well we love. And I, I know most of you in this room, and I can see probably that you've been like me this week. Your heart has probably broken this week by the things that we've seen going on. It is heartbreaking, and it is, it is just breaking, heartbreaking to see. And the lack of love is so evident right now in the world. It's so evident. I mean, it is just so clear. And I'm like, man, and, and you can trace that back in a lot of places and a lot of reasons is because, again, there are people who grew up that didn't have a proper manhood person in their life, a proper male role uh, model, a figure person who was, who was set an example for them, who would walk in this and model love to them. And as a result now, what I believe we've seen is, that, and it just is so sad, the lack of love is so evident. And I'm talking about the lack of love on many parts, the lack of love on a police officer. And you can be a police officer, I was one, and you, and you, can, you can do your job and still walk in love. 
So don't tell me, man, you can't do that. It's, it's, again, that, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't work with me. The lack of love on people who have made decisions and choices after what he did. The lack of love is so evident. And I don't know, it's not a new message. People say, man, you need to speak up and you need to preach this message. You know, I've been speaking a message against racism for years, ever since God gave me a microphone. I've been speaking against racism. I hate it. God hates it. And I've said this for years. I've said it for years. And I will say it as long as I come. Racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. And it is a, it is a sin problem. And writing won't fix it. Only repentance will. And it takes a body and it takes a man who will set an example to walk in love and be that example to this world who needs it. Amen. Amen. And so we have to come against that. And he makes this statement, and manhood is so valuable, so important. First Corinthians 16, he says in 13 and 14, he says that watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, and let all that you do be done with love. I don't know if you've ever read that in the New American Standard, in the ESV. I actually posted this on the U version. He says it in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 16. He says, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. What? Yeah, act like men. So again, he's calling us into manhood, all of us men, all of us to step into a place, again, in God, where we understand and we step into what God's calling us into Manhood. Number two is this. Mandate. Man, this is wild because, again, I just knew he hit me with these words. And as I look back, even just what each of these words meant, as I read them, I was like, whoa, God, thank you for this. This is a definition of mandate. It is an official order or commission to do something. What? We got to do something. And I think, again, people are like, man, I gotta, we got to do something. And we got to do something, mean, and, and we do. But again, I think, again, if you go back, you have to look at what the Bible says to do, where he places manhood, what it, what it looks like, what we do and how we, how we respond to certain things is huge. And he's saying it to do it this way, to, to walk an example out and live a life of love, to now do this, now, now, now accept an official order, accept an official commissioning to do something. And I thought, man, what is the greatest commissioning that we have in the Bible? The Great Commission. It wasn't a trick question. Some of you are like, should I say it? <laughs> should I say Great Commission? Yeah, it's okay. Say Great Commission. And then what's the greatest commission that we have in the Bible? Okay, thank you. All right. The Great Commission. I mean, listen to this words. This is incredible. And as a mandate, he said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? Amen. So God is speaking into men that he, he poured into and gave them a mandate. Now listen, this mandate is, is not a lot. Some of you like, man, some of you like, single folks like, I just need a mandate. Huh? It's been like boy date my whole life. I'm looking for a mandate. Come on, pastor, help me out. No. That was good, wasn't it? 
but mandate the official commissioning, the official calling. And you know what commission, you know what order he has given to every person in this room, again, male, female, young, old, the Great Commission. Please understand that going, therefore, making disciples in all nations, pouring in them and, and, and preaching the Holy Spirit, preaching the gospel to them, discipling, doing all these things, that's, that's not the pastor's job alone. It's just not. I'm thankful, again, this church understands that, but it's, it's just not. It's just not for something, again, that you just support and someone else does. And, again, that's part of doing it. It's supporting it. But listen, that you become, that you step into every person in this room. And, again, I'm speaking to the men today. God has given you a voice. He's given you a commission. He's given you orders. And he just makes it so clear. Jesus stepped out, man, and just before he left, he said, go, therefore, make disciples. What are we doing today to walk this out, to live out the mandate that God has given us to make it so clear to those that are around us, man, as I walk in manhood, I'm also walking out the mandate and I'm living what God's called me to live. I'm doing what he's called me to do. And so every person in this room, don't think it's not you. I'm speaking to you. You have a mandate on your life. You have a commission and a call and a purpose and a plan from God himself. And it is a great commission, man. And it is an incredible word. It is a beautiful thing. And that's what changes our world. When we walk out the commission that God's placed on our hearts. Mandate. Tell your neighbor, say mandate. The third and final one is this. Mantle. And I'm just like, wow, dude. It's just like, it wrecked me again because, again, he hit me with these so hard, so fast, so quick. The definition of Mantle. An important role or responsibility that passes from one person to another. Oh, man. I'm like, man, that is manhood. That is, again, that is falling and following out the mandate, walking in this and living this thing out, actually doing it. There's a transference. There's a responsibility. And, again, there's, and I've always taught on this, man, that our responsibility is our ability just to respond to what he's done. And again, that's the simple, again, it's just to what, how good he is and how incredible he is. It's not our ability. It's our response to his. And so this is what he's called us to do, it to, to walk in this mandate and to pick up the mantle. James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, speaks about a man named Elijah, which is probably the greatest and coolest story when it comes to man and mantle in the Bible. And it puts it in such beautiful perspective. And I love how it's written. And again, I think a lot of times we look at these stories in the Bible and we say, man, Elijah is just some guy out there. Again, he's not a real man. He was, he's just, he's just some like Bible character. Man, now listen, this is how, how serious God wanted us to see and understand something is that he put it in James chapter 5 in the New Testament about this guy named Elijah. Verse 17 and 18 says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. The message Bible says it that he was human just like us. So we're not talking about some superhero, some fictional character. Again, that's out there is not real. It's just some, some uh, just, I can't obtain that. Now listen, a human just like us, but this is what he did. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. In verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. This guy, Elijah, accepted a mandate from God and carried a mantle that put him into a position and place to do great things for the kingdom of God. 
And if you know the story, there was a guy named Elisha who came in contact with him, and he said, man, I want to follow you around. I want to do what you did. Matter of fact, I want to do twice as much. I love it, man. That's how it should be, man. I, we, what, what the next generation does, I believe, again, it can multiply, and it can just begin to increase. And again, what we've seen God do in past moves are going to be so insignificant again, just stepping stones into what's next. And I'm telling you how beautiful and incredible this story is. And he says this, Elijah meets Elisha, and he tells him, he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to follow you. And then Elijah came a time when Elijah was taken up into, by a chariot in a whirlwind into heaven, and when he does this, he drops his mantle and falls to the ground. And in 2 Kings, we see this in chapter 2, verse 13. It says this. It says that he also took up the mantle of Elijah. Because Elisha was there. He showed up. He followed me around. He was a part. He was like, man, I'm going to be there when this happens. And he was there, and he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. This word mantle is incredible because in the Hebrew, in this word here in a, in a, that you see in 2 Kings, this word mantle is not just a representation, a picture of just the physical cloak itself. The word means this in Hebrew. It means a glory, a splendor, and a magnificence. It is a mantle and a cloak made of fur, fine mantle. It's a prophet's garment but it is also the glory. And God is looking for men that will carry the glory. God's looking for young men that will pick up the mantle of previous generations and put it on them and walk forth in power. And I'd never seen it before until I was studying for this message. But when Jesus left... The tomb. He left behind the apron, the cloth. I've never seen it. I've never heard it preached in 50 years of living. I believe there's some other significance as to why he left it there. And it's some powerful study. I encourage you to study sometime. But he spoke into my heart. He said, I'm leaving this behind. For future generations to pick up and carry the glory and to walk in and to move in and to live in and to experience my presence. I like Elisha because he did this and Jesus said this. He said, they will do greater things. I went, why, God, there's no way, Jesus, you did this. We can do more than that. Think about the man, Elisha asked for double. And you'll find eight recorded miracles of Elisha in Scripture. And you'll find 15 recorded miracles while, while Elisha was living on this earth. 
And I'm like, man, God, did you miss it? Did he not get what he asked for? Did it not come to pass? Did it not take place in his second Kings chapter 13? You'll see this at the end of his life. Verse 20 and 21. Then Elisha died and they buried him and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. Elisha laying in the ground, in the sepulcher, in that, in, that, in that place of rest for that body. And so it was, verse 21, so it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down, he touched the bones of Elisha and he revived and he stood to his feet. What? And so listen, he, he, God will do what he says he's going to do. He will give it to you. He will show it to you. And he does it in the story. And I believe this is what God is looking for today. He's looking for some men. He's looking for some women. He is looking for some people who will pick up what he's left behind and carry this mantle into a world who desperately needs to change that only the church will ever be able to bring. Only be able to bring. I want the worship team to come, and as they come, man, I'm just telling you, I want you to stand to your feet, please. Oh, man, the presence of God's here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And this is what God's calling men into, and I'm telling you, I've just, I've sensed it so heavy, so strong, so real. For a long time in, t- in a lot of places, and again, I thank you for what I've seen in this house. So incredible. But, the, but, the, but in the home, so many times, the spiritual leader was placed, and that role was placed onto a woman. It was never her place. I don't say that offensively. I, I, that's Bible, and it's clear, and it's just so true. And as, as men, I'm just going to do it, man. I'm going to go step into this. Everybody's saying we should step into certain roles and repent for the, for the faults of others. Listen, just for all men, ladies, if we've done that to you, we apologize and we repent. Because you can never step into the role that God's called you into when you're having to carry the wrong mantle, when you're having to carry the wrong thing, when something's placed upon your shoulders that you're never supposed to call and supposed to be able to carry. Listen, it's not your place. Please understand that. Just close your eyes and bow your head if you would, man. God's just been doing some stuff in this week, and it's just wild, man, what I've seen him do in my heart this week and what he's doing. I believe in our, in our lives and in what he wants to do in this room and those viewed in this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, right now for men in this room. Not, not children, Lord, but they're men. There are younger men and there, there are men who are, who are older, but Lord, there are men in this room who have accepted, called us, Lord, who, are, who have been given a mandate by you, Father, and are carrying the mantle. Thank you for that, Lord. And God, I thank you right now for men today, Lord, that you have spoken clearly to. And God, I pray right now that your voice will become louder, more clear than any other voice of the enemy right now who's speaking to them. And tell them that they've failed it, they've missed it, and they'll never be able to do this, Lord. This is your glory that we carry. This is what you place on us. This is not us. This is you. And we just want to pick it up and carry what you've given us, Lord. Carry what you've provided. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want to speak to every man in the room right now, young and old. If today, listen, you want to do this, you want to, you want to, you want to step into the mandate and carry the mantle that God has for you, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. And I know, man, we don't like to get uncomfortable, but listen, this is not about our comfort today. This is about our calling. This is about our kids. This is about our future generations, about this family, this church, this house, and even what he wants to do in our nation. So listen today, if you're, if, if you're a male, if you're a man, listen today, and you want to step in and just truly walk out this mandate and this calling and carry the mantle that God's called you. And every person specifically has a specific mantle, specific calling. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at. I'm going to ask you to just come and just stand in this front today. I'm going to ask you to just come, <clears throat> young and old. Every man in the room who says, man, I want to walk out the mandate and carry the mantle. Yeah, young girl. Yeah, this is so good. Come on. All the ladies in the room, give these guys a hand as they come. Man, this is, <clears throat> this is. Hey, man, you can be a first-time guest. Just a part of the weekly family. Listen, just today, you don't have to be a member here to just respond to this. But you say, man, I want to carry the mantle. Uh, yeah, I want to walk in this mandate that God has given me. Lord, I thank you right now for each man, Lord. And I just want to just before the worship team ministers and we just go as God just leads us during this close of time. Listen, I want you to just do this right now, fellas. Just close your eyes if you would. Just, just, just lift up your hands to the Father right now. And I want you to do this. This is, what I, this is what I've had to do. Just release yourself. Forgive yourself of anything today that has been said and challenged and spoken of what a man looks like that you've missed. You can't change it. You can't do anything different about it now. You can't change what was yesterday. But listen, you're making a decision today that's going to shape tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, right now, just forgive yourself. Release yourself of that. And now just in the spirit right now, just see yourself picking up the mantle that Jesus has called you into, the calling that he's placed in your heart. Just place it around you. Yeah, just place it around you. This is so beautiful. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Father, I thank you for these men, God. Thank you for these men of God right now, Lord. Wow. I'm just trying to be sensitive to what he wants right now. Just, I just feel like he wants to just do something in you. This is not, it's not just any way like kind of hyped up. It's just God at work in your life. So just right now, just prepare your hearts for that. Posture your hearts right now for what God wants to do in you. Forgive and release any failures or faults prior to this point. Pick up and carry them out of today. God's at work in this room, and I want our prayer team, if they would, to just gather the stations around that are set up for them. And if, and if you need prayer, listen, for any other reason, you're not in this altar right now, but you're back at your seat and you need prayer for any specific reason at all, listen, I want you to go to one of these guys. You'll find them at stations at the back of the room and here at the sides of the stage. 
And if you need prayer for healing, for peace, maybe today, listen, you're, you're a lady and you, and you need prayer because, listen, you, you, you're praying for your husband or you're praying for your family or you, you have a need for your life right now. I want you to step out and this prayer team is going to pray with you. But right now, just men, just stay in his presence right now. Just stay in this moment. I want our worship team to minister a song. <laughs> There's some champions in this room. There's some people who are called of God to carry this, to walk in this today. And we walk it out today. So just stay there. In a moment, we're going to go as God leads. Pray for one another as he leads. But right now, just stay in his presence. Go after God. Let him have his way in your life. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org. Thank you.